0: hi i'm jennifer janish owner of adored salon and adored signature hand-tied hair extensions i'm obsessed with curly hair i cut it style it and extend it and this podcast is all about my curly girl obsession that stretch far beyond just curly hair thanks for tuning in today to the curly girls obsessions I'm super excited today. I have a guest speaker with me, and her name is Shauna Enright. She is a salon owner, an extension artist, an extension brand creator, and a lash. You have your own line of lashes, too, don't you? I do. (laughs) (laughs) She is also a lash brand creator, and today we're going to talk about ethically sourced Hair extensions and all the misinformation, and trying to debunk the myths that are out there, and just inform stylists and the consumer more on the practices that go on behind closed doors when it comes to hair extensions. This industry is very different. Um, probably not what I thought it was too when I entered in to it to where I am today and everything that I know. We see a lot of things on social media, and we just want to bring to light the good and everything else that goes along with the hair extensions. So here's Shauna. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So today, her and I, we have been friends for a while. We've been in this extension. When did we first meet? I feel like it was at a conference.
1: Yeah, it had to like, be, I mean, Phoenix. I know, like. In Phoenix for a yes conference. Okay, that was in 2019, I believe. So it
0: was probably right before we launched, my before my brand launched. Yeah, I didn't and have it, a brand then either. Yeah, and um, so yeah, we were at this big conference of a bunch of extension artists, and you won an award at that conference. That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah you, were like, you were like the artist of the year. At yeah. That,
1: or... And I had no, I had no idea like at all. So that was, that was actually one of the coolest like accomplishments of my career. So that was, that was really fun.
0: What was that award? What was it?
1: It was the SKW Extensions Artist, 2019 Artist of the Year in country she um, picked
0: one yeah and what what were your qualifications that got you that like you had do you know honestly I she didn't um when
1: Sarah pulled us up on or me up (laughs) up on stage like no one knew and she even said like she doesn't know she's getting this or what this is but I think at that time Um, I just was so focused on extensions that I was like branding and marketing and really putting myself out there. And I, I think it just really showed that I was Mm -hmm. doing the work and practicing and I was going to the events and I, you know, was doing all the things. So I think it was more of, so just within the community at the time, it was one of those things that just showed you know, your hard work pays off and people are noticing you. So
0: that was just a fresh of breath air. I remember at that time too, like I do remember your social media and I remember like thinking, gosh, she's so on point with everything. And that's the one thing I think with Shauna, if you guys follow her, Shauna, what is your handle? Um, It's at Shauna and hair, which I'm sure you could link below in the yeah. show. Notes. we're going to link it when we do the description, but like when you see her stuff, she has totally taken it to the next level all the time. I feel like, so when our friendship started, we started discussing, um, hair extensions, the brand branding things, and, you know, always looked up to you too, within the community, because you did always do such amazing work, you know, at the time in your life too, like that was probably your massive and main focus, right? Like that was the, it, <laughs> that was <It>. pretty salon. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it didn't come very
1: easy at all. I mean, I was going through a very toxic, um, breakup relationship at the time or shortly after that. And I remember I went out and did extensions? I think I flew out to California, which you were at that conference too. This is like the days where we had to fly out to California for like five days, and you had to put thousands of dollars down on deposits, and you didn't even know if you're going to get accepted. So, like, holy crap, we had to do that. I'd be like, oh, no, but you know, we did it. Um, and at the at the time too, when I went out and did that, there were so many people throwing backlash at me, like no one's going to pay that where you live. No one's going to do that. It's Wisconsin. Like, what are you doing? Um, so I had a lot of like imposter syndrome, especially, you know, coming back from these conferences where they're like, you can make $13,000 or $20,000 a month. I wasn't doing that at the time. So it was just like, oh my God, like what, this is going to happen. So I just showed up every single day, on my stories. I posted about it. I just talked about it and it just fluently brought people in. So I'm, I'm glad that it worked and it definitely being consistent and showing up does really work and putting in the work pays off.
0: Do you, I know we're supposed to talk about hair extensions and we've gone down this tangent of social media and that tip of consistency, being on social media, speaking like your the expert, and sometimes where you're even scared to do it, right, because we were all scared to do it, and sometimes still today, like that imposter syndrome can creep in, but if you're a new stylist or there's people that listen to this podcast that aren't even stylists, that own businesses and just get motivation from hearing us talk, what would be the one thing that you would tell them about their Instagram or social media that you felt was the biggest impact? Was it showing up on your stories? What, or is it today? Is it, is it the perfect photo within your feed, your branding? Like what, what is it that you think is the most impactful?
1: I think the one thing that it's not showing up perfect because everyone has this illusion that like you live this perfect life. And I will tell you that nine times out of 10, when I show up without makeup on, or I'm just like, I'm I'm a new mom on a business. And I, am you know, so when I show up in my stories, just like me, and I talk about the hardships of everything and, you know, prove my way out of them, or I just talk through my struggles, so many people relate to you, which is how I built my extension clientele, because I don't have, you know, the model type Clients that you see on Instagram. Granted, all all my clients are amazing. However, I'm not getting you know the people that have the 24 inches all the time. It's yeah. more of like your working moms or you know your like the women in the community that own businesses that you know their hair starting to fall out or they just want to feel like themselves. So I think that relating that extensions to people are for everyone or can be has really made an impact so just get on your story and like be seen
0: that I think that that's 100% the truth even just the other day I posted me doing my daughter's hair in my bathroom and it was so late it was after work it was 10 o'clock She wanted her hair done for her volleyball photos the next day, right? And I know that sounds crazy, like we're doing it the night before, but that's a curly thing, right? And the final photo is her and I, and my hair, like I'm in my cozy like Nordic beach. My hair is in a bun that's like probably the size of a brain and stuff is poking out and she looks as cute as ever. But like that got the most interactions. Out of everything you know so that is that is the most imperfect perfect tip
1: yeah I, <laughs> it, you have to show up and no one wants this like picture perfect you know filtered like just show up with your face like yeah that, people are like oh my god like that's her and that's real so that would be honestly like my biggest tip is just get on your story Everyone's scared. I promise you, 90% of people that are
0: watching are
1: more worried about things that they have going on in their life than like dealing with the one zit that's on your forehead at the time.
0: You know? It's so true. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get to ethically sourced hair extensions. So, what is awesome about mine and Shauna's relationship to me? is that we both believe the best hair comes from India. We both know that the most ethically sourced hair comes from India. Both of us have hair extension brands that are India-sourced hair extensions. That doesn't even make us, I, I don't even feel like we're competitors. We're two totally different marketers, markets. And even if we were competitors, The best part is that our relationship, even though it's more social interaction through social media, I always feel like whenever you and I talk, it's an hour and we're like, oh my gosh, I got to get off the phone. I got to get on with my day, right? We have so much to talk about. So this is the one thing that really draws us into each other is the fact that we both tried hair from China in the yep. beginning right and um let's state that statistic it's like 97% of the world's hair extensions are manufactured in china but india is the world's largest producer of hair for hair extensions because of a religious um i i hate when i keep saying the word um i know It's because they're, they're, the high percentage
1: of them in India are Hindu. So if people don't understand what that means is that they actually have to sacrifice their hair as a cleansing ritual, which they ethically choose to do so. um, And they, they actually get compensated for doing that, but it's for a religious belief. Um, so they grow their hair back out and then they can go through there. I think I believe, and don't quote me on this hundred percent, but there's multiple times throughout their life that they have to do that. So there's stages of it.
0: It's like a rite of passage. Children do it. And then there's like a rite of passage into adulthood and it's female and male. It's not just limited to female. And then it's also done when a family is experiencing something with the family, like they'll do it for better health, prosperity, a new business, starting a new venture. Like it is believed like that the shedding of the old and the new beginning is the way to go. And I, I know that sounds kind of corny how I just said that. But. I kind like when you get divorced and you say, I want my hair cut because you're right? someone new. Just, new hair new, <laughs> hair, new life. Like nothing's like a woman with a new hairstyle. Uh, was it Coco Chanel who said that? Like there's this, you could find the photo, right? And it's awesome. But so the other part to know too is along with this, because of the population in India, and how important this is within the hindu community the temples employ 10 to 12000 barbers a day to service these people that are coming in pilgrimaging to the temples in order to do so so because it is so big and there is it's such a high volume india the production of this hair is a really large source of income for that country. So it's really put up on a pedestal. It's really looked at as an important thing. And because these barbers, this is their job and this is what they do, they collect the hair. Not only is it ethically sourced, but the manner in which it's done, they know exactly what end is coming out of the scalp and what is the ends the hair is collected in ponytails from each person but what i will say like i'm sure this is where we can start with some kind of controversy what is it that is on a lot of packages i'm going to say one head sourced what what's the word i'm looking for that i'm at a loss for single like donor. single donor yeah and um so that's just I can debunk that myth right and say that's impossible kind of
1: <laughs> yeah it's this is where i think the background of hair extensions is very hard to figure out all of the truth behind it um but i like i do believe strongly from the research that i have done that there there are odds of you know a pack of hair coming from india being from one donor is possible but do i think that obviously if you can split packs up and put different packs of hair in people's heads it's not yeah. yeah it's not going to be from one person so it's take that kind of with a grain of salt is what i say but i feel like the if the difference between like the india like india doing that compared to china like there is a night and day difference with that. So it's, it's hard to, I I agree with you. I don't believe that there's one donor on a pack of hair.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's physically impossible by the time everything happens, right? Like we're talking micro strands of hair, but I mean, even with that being said, like, I do know when the hair is donated and then when the supplier gets that ponytail of hair and i see it like my supplier sends me exactly what is picked up at the temples when they go and it's like it's a couple days because it's not even like it's close to where they live right so they go they get it i get the photos of i mean i see them at the temples i get the photos of this hair all together. And then when it's colored, right? So all of that hair starts out black or gray, typically. It is sewn onto material so that it is maintained. What is coming from the scalp? What is the ends, right? So it's not getting mixed up. So this hair is lightened all on this material. It's sewn down from the top and then it's lightened in a process and then it's colored and because of that, it goes through less stages. It doesn't have to have the cuticle removed and it doesn't have to have, there's so many less processes done in India because collection is from start to finish. It's very cared about. It's, it's a main source of income for that country. And when it is done that way, there's so many questions going on about now the state of hair extensions since COVID and everything that is, you know, why, why is there not, why are they having a struggle with this? Are they getting this A, B, or C hair, right? Or is it the fact that COVID people who had COVID is their hair just not as healthy as it once was all these different things that happen within the hair extension manufacturing world, people are questioning, what is the quality of the hair that they're getting? Well, and even somewhere I heard like people questioning, well, maybe the chemicals within the manufacturing process are on back order, right? Okay, so what possibly could be the chemicals within the manufacturing process when we're discussing hair? We know in India that hair is starting out black or gray it needs to get to lighter right or darker like your hair not darker but it's lighter than black so it's going to be lightened with a lightener and then it's going to be colored but because the cuticle is still intact because they don't need to remove it because they're not dealing with not knowing what is ends or from the scalp the hair is in such better condition. So it's not going through that chemical process first. Am I even making sense? Cause I'm talking fast. Like I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a lot to break down. One thing I will say, like with my manufacturing company that I use, and this is why I went this route was we actually, we don't use bleach to lift open the cuticle with my hair. We actually work with a trichologist. Tr- trichologist. you know, and Mm -hmm. in these labs, they actually use electricity to naturally raise like the Mm -hmm. cuticle. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we can put the dye molecules in and then our process is a three day cold bath where they slowly take down the temperatures so that the, the cuticle can actually close like shingles on a roof. So that all makes sense with what you're saying, but we don't use a lot of like the chemicals, whereas hair coming from China, they don't have regulations on any of this, any of this hair in general. So they could put out there and say like, we're an organic company, but there's nothing that holds them to like them being ethical by telling you that because they say it doesn't mean it's true. So the thing with that is they're pushing hair out so fast and they don't have um an agriculture law like in India India the hair is actually protected under an agriculture law too so that's the one thing like we have to go through so many processes um in order to even make sure the hair is good enough to leave the country so we're not giving out floor scrap hair at all to people because it it will not pass through the phases that they have to go through in customs and it's i, th- I believe it's two or three different phases that it, the hair has to go through in India, so you can't get hair granted sometimes things happen, but our hair is always inspected for parasites lice bacteria um we also there's a there's a law in the agriculture law that protects the hair with the humidity levels because humidity also affects extensions in hair so all of this stuff is protected under the agriculture law where we have certain standards. So we Mm -hmm. can't use chemicals and things that places in China can do, which I think is the number one reason you and I both go towards Indian hair is because there's so many different, you know, processes that make sure that it's the best quality that we can
0: put out. Right. So the, in India, there's processes and, um, rules in place so that the best hair only leaves the country with their name right like they're instilling that their whole scenario is going to be perfect with China it's different in the fact that when they're lightening hair they're just lightening it they're they literally are lightening it just to produce a massive amount of products and they're not worried about the end-all be-all right? The end result, India has a name to preserve. Whereas with China, I feel like it's just so mass produced. And it's kind of as if, I mean, at the end of the day, India is not a communist country and China is a communist country. That's the thing. It's like what you're dealing with is someone who really cares about their branding and their name. And then you're dealing with another country that is just a manufacturer of product, fast, efficient, and that's what they're known for, right? So when it comes to that scrap hair, can you speak more to that scrap hair? Because we all know that there is this post that's gone around um, in the hair extension community discussing A, B, and C hair. We're discussing that scrap hair right or we're also discussing in the ability of other companies to like the more money that's spent you're promised like a different level of hair to say but it's also the fact of like what's being manufactured out of that country
1: yeah, so I I do a lot of research and i I work very closely with the manufacturing side of hair extension. So when you're hearing A, B, and C hair, what does that mean to us as hairstylists? Honestly, nothing. It's a manufacturing code for the grade of hair, right? So like when you say when you say different grades of hair, for us, like I, my brand is like a 12A grade what would that mean to you? It doesn't really, it doesn't matter. It's more of so like a very on the higher end, but not on the high scale of hair extensions. It's a really good hair, like um, it's for everyone to be able to afford. I think more of so like the 14 A grade is like your luxury, luxury silk hair. It gets taken care of a little bit more. But for a lot of people that we like sell to or our clients, the the 12A-ish grade is going to be perfect for them because it's affordable. And that's the number one thing is hair so expensive. Um, There's so many tangents that you can go on, especially with scrap hair, floor hair. In China, um, people actually get paid to take hair out of their brush because they get paid by, we say gram. I think there it's Kilogram. So mm-hmm. they get paid by by the weight of hair. So they could literally take hair out of a brush or hair that fell onto the floor, and they take that in and they make money off of that. And that's exactly what they're getting paid for. And China will put that together and make a weft of hair. So if you if you see two like twenty, thirty, forty percent percentage rate on these hair companies, that they they. Now I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and part what of- means is that the, that twenty percent of the hair that's on like an actual weft, twenty percent of that is only going to be guaranteed as eighteen inches because the rest of it is shorter because it's the percentage of scrap hair that is in the weft. So that's something you really have to watch out for because you're going to end up ordering more hair in bulk if it has scrap or floor hair on it, because you will not get the full length of hair that's on a weft. So you're ordering more from these companies. Um, But I think what we're seeing too, that's spread around is people will invest in samples of these companies that come from like Instagram or WhatsApp, right? They send Mm -hmm. them through, they're like, we're the number one hair supplier, buy our hair, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so people reach out to them and they're like, oh my God, I bought a sample so cheap. This is amazing. They get the sample in, the sample is going to be an A grade hair. Very, very nice. What they do is they go and invest 10, you know, anywhere from 500 to $30,000 thinking that they can start up their own hairline. Um, and when they do that, the manufacturers are sending out this B or C grade hair. So what you're putting into your client's hair is actually not the hair that you got in the sample or they start to do it in phases. So they'll wait a couple times for you to order and then you're hooked more. So they can do that in China because they don't have any laws that actually look at the hair when it comes out from
0: customs. Right. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. And also, let's be real, when you're dealing with the mass producer in China, right? I My supplier is smaller. And so there's not hair just laying around to be used for this purpose. There's a lot of hair on the floor in this factory because they're producing so much, right? And I got to feel like a lot of these factories are intertwined because of the fact of the way that china operates just in general right um and so there is that grade of hair laying there being able to be sent off like that because you know it just now being in the business for as long as i have had a brand um it has started five years ago when i started with my first supplier and I did go through a lot of ups and downs. I was with it through COVID too, right? And I feel like that was where a lot of the problems happened because there wasn't, um, the main person who was doing the supplying wasn't in the factory because that person was part of a family that was really wealthy. And they, during COVID were like put in a, you know, they just didn't intermingle because of India society. And so, the things that went down during that time were pretty horrendous. And, um but there again, too, it was that whole scenario of and when you're looking back on it and you're seeing everything that I did go through at that time, it's hard not to think too about the hair that was coming through. The whole system of people who were getting COVID, what their hair was starved of, what the hair looked like, and what my demands were, right, with this texture and what that supplier could and couldn't supply at the time. It just, there's been so many scenarios that I could speak to as a brand owner this long with hair extensions and you discussing like okay so yeah this sounds great like and and it always surprises me because if we as hairstylists when we all got involved with hair extensions we started because we were like okay i'm bored with this world over here of just doing um highlights haircuts, root touch-ups. I need to do something more. I want to elevate my career. I want to do something that's going to produce these weeks of great sales. But then on the skimp side, in the highest producing ticket item, looking for the least expensive way to make that happen, right? And taking that risk of that cheaper hair and not having the know-how of going through the process of owning the brand and being like, okay, this is the quality control that we're gonna go through every time an order comes through. There's gonna be this level of margin for color because color is never going to be 100% on point. Just like we know in life, no two heads of hair are the same. You've got a lot of different textures and everything going on. So the way that the dye lot took this week versus the following week could be totally different, dependent on the hair, the humidity levels, like India has a super rainy season where the levels of humidity are super high. And so like when you order your product at that time, it takes so much longer to get because the drying factor is unbelievable. Who would know this? And honestly, over owning the brand, and when I moved from my first supplier to another supplier, that was like a year long process. And did I get samples from a lot of different companies? I did. And honestly, it took a good nine months to perfect the product from the one. But can I tell you how many samples that I got that actually had mold growing on them because yeah. of the rainy season? And so, the other topic in question that Shauna and I will get a lot in a random DMs is, how did you start your hairline? How, how can I start my own line of hair? And when we go down this road, like, that's something that is just one of those things, like, it's a lot of work. Why would I ever have thought that I would get hair extensions with freaking mold on them? right? Like, because you don't know the seasons of the other country that you're going through and all the things that go on. Now that was not from my current supplier. That was samples that I got from everybody else. And that's just one thing. That's just one aspect. And you talk about too, um, the whole scenario with the bacteria, the looking for lice looking for these are things that reside within hair Mm -hmm. that are unthought about right and um like when people ask me that i'm always like okay it took me a lot of work to get here a lot of work a lot of sleepless nights waking up at 3 a.m and talking to india a lot of um there was a lot of ups and downs in the beginning and there still remains a lot of ups and downs today. And it's not a business to enter into lightly, and ten and twenty thousand dollars is not enough money to start that business either. What Would you like to give your perspective on that one too? I think
1: that, you know, I get a lot of messages like, hey, I, you know, I know you have a hairline. I was wondering if, you know, you've been someone that I've reached out to before with things and you've always been super helpful. So I was wondering if you could help me with this. The number one reason that stylists come to me saying that they want to start their own hairline is not the fact that they want to own a hairline. It's the fact that they don't want to work behind the chair as much. And let me tell you, (laughs) that is not putting hair in, like, and selling hair is not going to make you the money that you think you're going to make unless you are shopping from China. And I can say that because I did it in the beginning, and I don't have a hairline to make a lot of money. I have a hairline to protect myself and my clients from different chemicals and different inconsistencies in hair because I've experienced it and I was fed up with it. So I don't think that if you truly want to have your own hairline, this is not like the next step for you to do. And I'm not saying that because I don't want people to own a hairline. I don't even market my hair as much as I should or could. Um, I, I just truly do it because like I said, I want to protect my clients and myself from just... The negatives of the industry. So it has nothing to do with competition to me at all. Like I have used other hair. I still sometimes use other hair, certain colors that is just easier. Like, of course I will go support someone, but the only way I'm going to support someone, especially now moving forward with how this has gotten so out of control is the reason that they have ethics behind their business and their hair and they can talk to me about that because a lot of people do not know a thing about hair extensions and they're just very good at marketing um and that's unfortunate because i think that a lot of stylists need to understand that business part of extensions or like down the road there honestly are going to be a lot of lawsuits and it just it's unfortunate that has to come to that but why would you want to put hair from china with formaldehyde and different chemicals that are can make yourself very very sick in your client's head it's just going to take one lawsuit that traces back to a stylist that was not informed and i that to me is just so scary and it just needs to be talked about more but unfortunately it won't be because a lot of you know a lot of different lines and not pointing at different brands in particular at all. It's just a lot of different brands. China does a very, very, very good job at, you know, like they have people targeting all day long on Instagram. Like that's how many hair suppliers do you have or hair suppliers, but really they're brokers because they will not be able to, talk to you about anything to do with the hair and that is the number one red flag too like a lot of people will say well how do I know where this company has the hair from ask them ask them if they will not give you any information about this that is a red flag no people are not going to go out and give you their manufacturer's name that is not them being you know like Keeping a secret, it's it's not. It's because when we have a good thing going, we're not going to give that out because we need hair for ourselves. Like you just said, India only produces so much. There, there's about nine thousand certified factories out there, and only eight of them are in India.
0: Isn't that insane? It is because they they
1: take pride in quality in their hair, so they're not going to overproduce, mass produce. Um, I think the other thing is, you'll see this, like, oh, this is Australian hair, like, this is Australian hair, or, oh, like, there, this is Spanish hair, or this is Slavic hair, or anything like that out there. We can't do business with Russia. Like, there is no hair that, if you see Russian hair, yeah, maybe China's getting donated from Russia but there we cannot in the United States we cannot do business with Russia it's it's part of our politics so that is the one of these things people are just throwing like, oh this is cool I want to try that because it's different from the rest. It's not different from the rest. It's really honestly coming from the same place because people that are Polish aren't shaving their heads.
0: <laughs> when you see people from Poland shaving their heads, they're not. There, well, that you know, this is something that just drives me bonkers, right? When was <laughs> when was the last time? Okay, so my clientele in Chicago it's pretty diverse, right? There, we we're the melting pot here. We see it, all kinds of ethnicities, especially in our salon catering to curly hair, right? What's the one? thing that I could tell you that we don't see a lot of is Polish hair or like Slavic hair to say because their hair is super fine straight and there's not a lot of hair on their heads typically and it's like so how many people with that kind of hair type this super baby fine hair type are really Like, how many heads would it take to get a head of hair, right? Like, I'm looking at your hair right now. It's super thick. The reality here that is really interesting, Shauna, is that in India, in all different parts of India, there resides all different textures of hair, Mm -hmm. silky straight, all the way to Z type kink, like kink, right? And just, very, very tight, tight curl. Like it it runs the whole spectrum. And a lot of the time when it's Slavic labeled as Slavic hair, because it is super fine. It is definitely not the diameter of hair from an Asian culture, right? It is from India purchased bulk hair to create that Slavic hair title in China that is a known like I mean have, has your supplier discussed that with like it I feel like yeah, it's yeah, kind of so like a known thing in India like they're like oh yeah Slavic Care is our fine it's not a secret like it's not that I I think the thing is
1: is like a lot of marketing goes behind this and it's very confusing because you're like oh my god there's hair extensions in Australia no there's people are not donating their hair in Australia, right? People from Australia suppliers get hair from China or India, and then they ship it from Australia. So a lot of suppliers might be in Australia, but if you, if you have purchased from different brands in general, like that go to Australia or they're like, Oh, I'm talking to my supplier in Australia. They're talking to their supplier in China or in India. So really what this comes around to is there really is only a few places that are going to source hair. It's, it's that simple. It's not, it's just, there's so many places to get it from that a lot of these are just kind of, they're honestly just scary. I know the sun keeps coming in. You know,
0: the glare, like I'm like, they can't see me when you're talking. So I keep moving. my. I'm so sorry. Like what did they say? I'm like, what? no,
1: no. Yeah, no, it's, It's just, it's unfortunate, I feel like, because I feel like for brands like you and I, like we're, we're just small, like small town hairstylists, right? But I, I think my biggest goal in mission for having my hair extensions is the fact that I want to be ethically known that like this hair is legit. I think the other thing that I know we've talked about is like people downgrading you. Like you don't like, you don't own your hair company though, or something like that. What company owns a hair? Like what person owns a hair company? We're creators of our brand. We help people get better hair because we have, you know, the funds or we put in the work to create that. But unless we own people that are going to donate hair. That's just, that's not a thing, but that's how every single brand is out there. Yes. You can create different colors. If like, if I have someone that wants, you know, fuchsia, 24 inch hair, I can, I can get that made. I can, you know, cause we work with manufacturing companies that can do that. Brokers will not be able to do that. If you ask for something to be done, a broker will not allow you to change from what they have. Yes, they can make, you know, your plastic packages and your logo and all mm-hmm. that can be done from China very, very easily for very cheap. Um, but if one thing with like a broker or like a manufacturing company is the fact that a manufacturing company can do can do anything that they want with that. So a broker cannot. And that, I think, is one of the things if you... Asked certain companies that you use um, if they can produce if they can produce <laughs> different no it's fine if they can produce different colors or different textures or different lengths for you then you know it's probably a little bit more legit because they have the option to do that whereas somewhere like in China these working camps that these you know people are working from they can't customize as much as like you or i could
0: i think too that it is crazy how filled your dm boxes be it in whatsapp or in instagram um from these companies that are in china like for every 30 from china there might be one from india might. Right. Yep. It is. It's very. um. So it is hard. I think as a stylist, like you're super excited about this career path you're taking, you're trying to maximize your time behind the chair. This sounds like a great idea. And then you get into it and you start opening the boxes that come and because you're just, you know, you're not invested into it because of the fact that you wanted, when I did it, it was for personal need, like my hair, like looking for a match for my hair and having so many clients that had texture in their hair and they're like, this is not working. Like I, I'm not blowing out my hair to only have straight hair extensions. So, so invested in it from the fact of like, that was what I wanted to find, a finer, softer texture. There's, it's, it's not just like jumping into learning how to do a balayage, creating a brand of hair extensions. It's so much more. It can look really pretty and fun from the outside, but the nitty gritty is it's a business that has to be run like a well-oiled machine. You have to know what to look for. And the other thing I think that's very important too, is that once you start ordering, The orders are expected to be, you know, there, it's not like you're just ordering $10,000 here and $5,000 there. Like it's expected that you're placing orders that are very substantial and sometimes doesn't always work in your favor for that. Oh yeah. There's, (laughs) there's definitely minimums that you have to hit
1: in order to do that too so like you to said i think for people think, oh i'll just place an order once every two months like you you can't do that there is like month i like we have monthly minimums that we have to hit i don't know how yours is but every company is
0: different in that stance for sure and i think too it's like i remember in the beginning getting those samples really in the start start of this journey and um I did that like it was like it was 300 for the samples then it was 1350 then it was 2500 and then it was 3500 worth of hair that like I went and ordered right like it was like week 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 and then the supplier said to me look I'm not the grocery store. You just can't buy a can of pop from me. You have to buy the whole display. And I was like, what? You know, because it just, it it was like me looking for this amazing Indian hair for myself and for my clients. And then that was when I came to that crossroad of like, okay, now I either got to make it a business or figure out something else, Right. And that was a shock for me, but I'm, I'm glad that it happened that way. Cause it pushed me into the right direction of what I wanted to accomplish. Right. I wouldn't be here today. Um, the, and also like, I feel like something too, that we should talk about is like the control that's going on in this industry right now amongst other brands and stylists. And, you know, I feel like as a stylist, when we got into this industry, we did it to be creative. We did it to be, you know, every stylist is their own boss behind the chair, be it in a commission salon, a rental space, like you are building your business behind the chair within another business, no matter where that sits, right? Because the the holder of the space is the other business and so we did that to have creative control do creative things and now there's a lot of brands that are offering exclusivity and um you know that's as a small brand I feel like my brand is kind of like a baby brand you know because I am not corporate it is owned by me I get I say I'm not corporate but it it's an it's, it's a business, but like, I think of like a big conglomerate, right. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and there's these things that are going on. I feel like Britt Siva discussed this in her podcast, like the weirdness that goes on in the extension world and this control. And it's almost like the biggest MLM company, multi-level marketing company with brands, right. Where there is a lot of exclusivity And they're like, okay, we're going to, you just have to say us. And then that's it. Like, we'll give you free stuff along the way. It just bothers me so much. Like, I just feel like our Instagram profiles should be allowed to be whatever we want them to be. I think a lot of
1: it, you know, I try even listening to Britt's podcast, like, I'm glad she addressed it because that's what brought us to talk about this. But I think on the other hand of it, when I was listening to it, it seems like us who have small brands are like these bad people that, you know, like there's so much negativity towards it. And I really disagree with that. I think that you and I are both very educated and we spend a lot of time. Like I am a total nerd. (laughs) <laughs> on the weekend, I mean, how many times have I talked to you on like a Saturday and I'm out at the store or something and I'm sitting on the phone with you for like an hour in my car without going in talking about hair extensions. <laughs> I know, right? We're Good hair, hair extension geeks. About, not a lot of people, I I guarantee, because that is the number one thing to me that like, it's frustrating when I hear about, you know, like, Oh, if you have a hair extension brand, like you're toxic or this or that, or people are against you because I've had a lot of backlash too, where I think people don't want to support me because I am, and I show up vulnerable on social media. And I think sometimes people, or what I've been told, I should say, which I'm not, I'm not that person. Like I will help whoever out if I can. That's my mm-hmm. goal. That's how I believe. I believe in like good karma, bad karma that's how I want to be left on this earth is like, she helps me do X, Y, and Z or put faith into me. So when I, like when you and I have talked too, it's like, okay, we're shooting like ideas back and forth, but it's not like you're stealing someone's ideas and running with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but with these brands, I, I think it's frustrating because we don't have as much influence as other people to, you know have the money or the funds to do the things that is going on but i just think it's unfortunate because it's i think a lot of it's going to come back around because a lot of it's in my belief scarcity yeah um, and i i don't disagree with some things that brands are doing because i understand business and that's great but at the end of the day that's not what i'm here for and if other people you know out there want to do that, that is totally fine. But like, I don't trap, like, I don't trap people that buy my hair into my brand. I have very, very, very loyal customers. And I think the reason is, is because I'm very honest with them and they know what to expect. And I don't have a mass quantity of customers either that are just always like, out there searching for more, I take care of the people that I have. Yeah. So I guess that's my goal and vision behind my hair brand. And I just want people to know the truth. And I want people to have the resources to be able to support their business and, you know, have success because no one is going to want to go out there and buy hair, hair from a company that did that from China in bulk, and then they have to redo Installs because their hair is all yucky. Like, who has time for that? No one. So, to me, I took the research, and I'm trying to make people not have to go through that. That's my goal.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I it I I think that 100 business is business, right? And if if that's the way, then it operates. It's like forever I feel that both of us within those conversations knowing you trying to educate the consumer so like in our hairline educating the consumer is everything because it's so different it's it's night and day right when it comes to curly hair like people probably look at my hair and they're like oh my god her hair must be so tingly. Like, how does she even walk outside with this? Right. Like, but my hair is styled and set in a in a curly style, just like a straight hair would be set in the back of a blowout and a hot tool set. Right. Because if it's not set, then yes, it becomes very disastrous. And so we caught a lot of backlash last year because it was hard to deal with a lot of customer service in the fact of the lack of knowledge right in the world of texture and curly hair and i started making it mandatory that stylists had to purchase karen's styling videos before they purchased and first it was a 600 hundred dollar option with all the products that they needed so like a video library of 17 videos plus all the products and tools to be successful to with that knowledge from the videos and we were refunding orders three thousand dollars four thousand dollars twenty five hundred and it was like the stylist refute no I know curly hair I'm not gonna no I'm not gonna do it and then um and it just it sunk me to the core, because I was like, this is imperative knowledge, right? I know, because I know from market research and customer service calls, and the customers messaging me themselves, like, what do I do with this hair? Now that it's in my head, I want it to look like yours, but I have no idea how to get it there. And um, that is truly too where things for me, like it was a big aha moment in the world of the hair extensions. Like I can provide the hair, I could take the hit, I could take the responsibility of fronting all the money for this product. And I can give you the tools to be super successful with it. But when you tell me that, no, you don't want it, (laughs) you know, it's hard for me Then then I had to make that really harsh decision of like okay then I can't sell this hair to you because I can't be responsible for what will not happen on the other side of it and personally like it it that's where that imposter syndrome comes in that's where everything that you're like, I believe so much in this, and I want to do the best possible for this community. If it's not the hours of the phone conversations between the two of us, or the research behind it and why this product is is the best that's going to get in your hands and in your hair, it's then also the research for the care and the maintenance so that this hair, that ours is probably more of a luxury extension even though we say it is affordable it is more costly coming from India from those few places because it's not a dime a dozen it's not turn and burn you know it's 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 just hard
1: it's I feel (laughs) those things like it's hard and there's some days too where it's like Oh well, shit, like, I don't want to do this. I have a baby at home. I have a salon. I work 40 plus hours behind the chair. Like, this is a lot for me to do all of this at once. But, like, I chose this. And, like, this is what I know is best for people to know, which is why we're talking. Because the information, in my opinion, if you are going to call yourself an extension specialist, you need to do the work to understand hair yeah it's your responsibility and if you're not doing that don't call yourself an extension specialist because there is way more that comes from just the method like the hair and like the the process of the hair is so important which I'm actually going to be doing an like small education series on stuff because people always message me well where can I figure this stuff out because there's so so much misleading information. So that's taking up a lot of my time too, right now. But like you and I agree, we need to start educating more people on this,
0: because it it's our job. 100%. It is. And I mean, if you are listening to this, I think it's pretty obvious how passionate the two of us are. We're spending our Saturday night googling or you know, talking. That's the other thing. Like when you talk with your supplier in India, you're talking either like at 10 PM or 5 AM Our, you know, our time with their time zone. And, um, and it's you and I that are actually talking to them. Yeah. (laughs) Like we're talking to the source of it. It's not just being bulk in, um, there I'm losing my my words like i'm at that point where i need some coffee shauna (laughs) and but it is like you're i'm losing the thought of that is because we care so much about it there isn't the middle person in between us and them and we are making sure that the product that we are producing is the top of the line yeah 100 i know there's a lot there's to hear your education series
1: yeah I'm I'm actually getting some of it recorded this weekend so it it might take a little bit of time but it's just going through kind of what we're talking about honestly
0: yeah it it, there's got to be so much more to where this is surface in under an hour discussing this stuff and I feel too like sometimes in my brain picking back to, you know, just, you are really immersed in the details. And I'm sure right now too, with doing this education series, it's like all you're eat, sleeping and drinking right now is the factual data of the extensions as well. And a lot of the time, my brain just 100% goes to the texture and everything that I deal with On the texture side, that it's those fine details and things that you know and discuss, right? That sometimes I lose in translation because I'm like, okay, texture matching is just as important as color matching. And if you're going to be dealing with curly hair, there's X, Y, and Z that go along with it, right? And touching on the methods too, um, the methods of install... I saw this awesome post by just a hairdresser. It was in threads. And she said, it's not that you need another extension class. It's that you need a business, you know?
1: <laughs> it's, the methods are great for about like a, you know, surface level. You have to know how to put hair in people's heads. But I always get that too. Like, oh my God, should I invest in this class? Like, I feel like it's what I'm needing. The, the methods aren't. They're not going to give you what you're needing extension wise to dive deep into, you know, this type of a thing. And it's just make sure, I guess my only advice is like just make sure that your resources of where you are learning to invest in is reputable. Like I said before, if people can't tell you certain things, don't believe it like it's unfortunate that that's just how this has to go but it is it's just the truth and it's unfortunate because a lot of people will represent a brand or be an ambassador for a brand and they know nothing about the hair they're just like hey you have a lot of followers you can make money you know posting about this or i'll give you new hair or good hair but they don't know anything about that and i just think that's so unfortunate because for me, like to if I'm going to immerse myself into something, I need to believe in it inside and out or I won't even talk about it or do it. So that's where I guess like a lot of my stuff kind of like comes alive. And I talk to my clients about this all the time because I talk to them about hair and they're just like, oh, my God, I wouldn't want that in my head. It's like, exactly. So I'm showing you I have more value as a hairstylist by doing the good things for you and this is where your money is going to be the most valuable because we're not just like tossing stuff in your head just to take a paycheck
0: yeah well and that's exactly what happens <laughs> and that's that <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happens it, you know the, and just to take the paycheck even going back to what I said about the texture and like what we said, you had to you had to watch these videos just to get the bare minimum, right? Whereas a curly install too is upwards usually of $3,500 between the hair, the time, the coloring, the install. It's a big, big ticket item. And um, I've had clients come back to my salon or come to my salon where other stylists were like, here's all the money back that I charged you. I don't understand this. You could go to Lombard, <laughs> like, there to right. understand that. And it is, it's just investing in the right spots to your point. In that, like, if you know how to stitch and stitch, you can stitch best by practice, 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 and money or not money, like, we're talking money, muscle muscle memory to gain a better understanding of how to do it you don't have to it it literally is I feel like that's the biggest thing with installing extensions is just the practice when it comes to the hair it's really researching it and diving deep and you know Shauna and I have a lot of answers to probably a lot of your questions you can send us a dm um it's this is this is surface. I think it would be awesome for you to come back on and talk after you do your education. Where's your education series going to land? Is it going to be on your own personal website? Are you doing it with someone?
1: No, I'm doing it alone. And I'm not, it's not like one of those things where it's going to be like this staged, you know, thing. I just honestly, I feel like if I don't put stuff out, I'm going to hold myself back. And I'm going to hold other people back. And like, that's my biggest thing this year is I want people to feel the most like educated and empowered. I think knowledge is power. So I kind of feel selfish keeping a lot of the information to myself. But like even the girls at the salon here, like they know a lot just from me talking about it. But I sometimes don't think like like even they realize like how much information they have mm-hmm. because if you go somewhere else, no one's talking about things like that. And I think that's what does separate us as stylists and hold value. And I want other people to know that they feel more confident in charging these prices with their, with their clients um, because they are so educated. Like no one can take that away from you. believe this type of series. I don't even know what's all going to unfold on it yet because there is just so much to talk about, but a lot of it is very scary um, because it's like, am I going to get backlash? Are people going to, you know, accuse me of what I say? So a lot of it is just kind of like speaking from what I know and I want to share it. So we'll see. We'll see
0: what comes it doesn't matter the backlash the truth is the truth honestly that's that like to be afraid of covering up the truth is a disservice to everybody else and right it might be hard on the front end but what you're putting out there is the absolute truth that's it like and it's empowering in the sense of extension artists it's empowering in the sense of being your friend, (laughs) like I, you know, honestly, I really can't wait because just like you said, I am a geek for all the information and you are so detail orientated. I don't know. I really honestly can say, I don't know anybody else. And I'm even including myself in there that does have that kind of knowledge that you do about it because I think we've both been burned in a lot of respects along the way that pushes you to search out the truth and the knowledge to justify that what you're doing is the right thing, one foot in front of the other every day, because you are making a massive impact and you are bringing to light what is the best products. Because Jessica, who wears, you know, all organic clothing lines and only feeds her children organic food and only does X, you know, does yoga five times a week and looks amazing and has this amazing hair and then finds out that the hair that's in her head contains so much formaldehyde that it's causing these migraines that she never even knew the source and the doctors will never even figure out the source because who would ever think that the formaldehyde
1: yeah I I could go on and on about this because that's like even even politically speaking like the you know the United States has seized so many um shiploads of hair um that they didn't even allow into the United States because of the misled information and the chemical load was way too high that they seized it and you can look this up I I even have photos they seized these ships and they do not allow it here because it doesn't even pass U.S. standards which is very very crazy to well, say because
0: <laughs> the you're... U.S. standards are so low when it comes to that stuff that's yeah, the part just...
1: that like it's just like enough's enough and people aren't going to want to keep you know feeding that because it's just not the type of beast you want to feed but it also is very dark dark market and dark industry so you kind of have to protect yourself along that end too but you know it the truth like you said will speak itself and eventually we'll just be
0: sitting here yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well we look forward to that I look forward to it and yes we are going to have you come back on after you're done with it because I want I I want you back on after you're done because I'll just sit here and sit back and let you talk and I'll be so excited or I'll have a million questions and we'll talk for two hours and it'll be two episodes so Shawna uh, we need to buy in next time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cheese and crackers, wine, like sounds awesome. But yeah. I'm so grateful that you came on here. I'm so excited for this to be aired. Um, And I'm kind of nervous. We both were nervous today about this because we do feel like we're little fish in this big pond of hair extensions. So it becomes a little crazy when we're talking about all this stuff. But if you can go follow Shauna, what's your handle again, Shauna?
1: It's at Shauna and right Hair. And then my hair extension Instagram is kalon.hair extension. So it's K A L O N. Okay,
0: perfect. And if you follow me, awesome. If not, Jennifer underscore Johnson underscore Janish adored salon and adored underscored signature underscore hand tied underscore hair is the extension line. You can go on and see all the gorgeous photos between hers and mine and everybody else's work that resides within those feeds. <laughs> and we hope you have an awesome night. And as always, we so appreciate you listening. If you have a topic for discussion, feel free to send a DM and I will gladly address it. So we will see you soon. Shauna. thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a great night and chat soon. That's good. Thanks.